0: Thank mm-hmm. you. Welcome back War Horse podcast episode 32 Friday the 24th the day that Roe v. Wade was overturned and uh, a bunch of other wins came our way today's also the day that some representatives were immediately assaulted Twitter.com, um, became once again the biggest salt mine in the universe. 2016 proportions is what we're looking at here. And today's also the day that I recorded this discussion with Clay Martin, author of Prairie Fire and Concrete Jungle, which are unarguably the two Best books in the preparatory collapse genre. This is, uh, I think it's an hour and a half interview. You'll probably still be able to get digital copies of his books, though I would go ahead and encourage you to order both digital and hard copy if you don't already possess these and start reading them. I'm not, you know, this is not necessarily I mean, I may have a flair for drama, or at least an intuition about it, but this is actually happening as I record this. Um, Updates are rolling in. Radical abortionists just attacked Representative MTG. Terrorism is going to flood the streets of D.C. tonight. Breaking. After the U.S. Supreme Court struck down the constitutional right to abortion, Patagonia will provide bail for employees arrested while protesting. Breaking. Arkansas Attorney General Leslie Rutledge has just certified that the Supreme Court has overturned Roe. Abortion is now immediately legal in Arkansas. It's also legal in South Dakota, Kentucky, Louisiana. I said illegal, right? That's the point. Missouri, and Oklahoma. Biden. I call on everyone, no matter how deeply they care about this decision, to keep all protests peaceful. Right. Dick's Sporting Goods promises employees they will pay up to 4000 in travel expenses to get an abortion. In anticipation of the striking down of Roe v. Wade, a far-left anti linked group named Jane's Revenge carried out violent attacks on pregnancy resource centers across the US for weeks. Their current flyers in DC call for mass violence tonight. Basically the flyer says DC call to action, night of raids, blah blah, hit the streets. You said you'd riot. Quote, to our oppressors, if abortions aren't safe, you aren't either. The black pilling is rolling in. You know, this is just done for ancillary political manipulation with respect to the election. Representative Waters, you ain't seen nothing yet. The hell with the Supreme Court. We will defy them. Okay. And this is a good one here. This is a Reddit comment from some douchebag. The radical Christians are found in the rural areas. Their towns, it's long, their towns are defenseless. They have almost no cops and their firemen are volunteers. They have to borrow cops and firemen from neighboring jurisdictions miles away in order to handle anything big. And they think they're safe out there. Forget burning cities. Cities are on our side. It's time for rural areas to feel the heat. You show up 100 deep to every rural town in a 50 mile radius, intent on revolution, you'll crash their system and make them pay. Your system. They're still so fucking stupid. They think that, you know, uh, what Mitt Romney's pulling the strings. I mean, not that he's not pulling a few strings, but you know what I mean. So it continues. And if you all think I'm kidding, I'm dead serious. This was caused by backward ass rural conservatives operating out of a Christianized worldview. Even if they're not Christian, they're heavily influenced by it. They were the ones who voted for Trump in 16. Those disillusioned, redneck, white trash, blue collar, to quote a country song types who flipped massively for the GOP. Punish them, punish their towns. They say BLM burn the cities to the ground. I say, let them see firsthand what it's like when a community is truly burned to the ground. They want a civil war. They should have been careful with what they asked for. I'm not the organizing type, but maybe someone who is can organize that. Start in a certain state in the Midwest, often called the South's middle finger to America. It's literally what the South would have looked like if it wasn't reconstructed. So these are just examples that I have personally received in the last couple hours. I haven't even had time to do my own salt mining yet. The audio is basically good enough. It's not to my my normal standards. I had to, there were some, these things are sometimes, you know, fairly last minute and you also have children and I have to work, but it, it's good. Clay's audio is very good. Um, and as you know, I tend to pose a question and then try and get out of the way, maybe offer a comment, maybe, you know, a segue or something like that. So don't despair, power through it and Listen very carefully to what Clay Martin is laying down here. ClayMartinDefense.com is the website. The two books, again, Prairie Fire, Concrete Jungle. Um, not really joking about this. They, they are the best. That's, that's a fact, but you also, if you, if they're not in your library so that you can refer to them and you don't have some of this on board and if you already haven't done about seven or eight tours and read a shit ton of survival books or otherwise amassed uh, something like the man's extremely impressive, you know, point of view by the books. Um, I also wanted to read for you Clay's mission statement. Quote, our current situation, as the wise men say, is not bueno. It's going to get worse. I have a vested interest in the survival of my people, and this website is my contribution to those ends. Upfront is a materials list of things you would like to have. As always, spending won't save you, but it's better to start with something beyond a butter knife if you can. The backside will cover training and updated tactics as the battlefield develops beyond where it was when I wrote Prairie Fire and Concrete Jungle. Violence has been my profession my entire adult life. Learn from me, because very soon it might be yours too. So grab the books, check out the website, and he's offering you an opportunity to jumpstart your preparation if you have not. I, I realize that listeners of The War Horse are not generally in that camp. However, this episode will be free most of them are on the 50 50 model all of that is at patreon i'm not sure if i mentioned GoldenGoatGuild.com, excuse me dot net and golden goat guild is the handle on instagram i am the author of the no shit best novel that has come out in the past probably pushing 15 years i used to say 10 but i'm pretty sure it's the best of the last 15 um there's a standing invitation for anyone who wants to argue about that that no one has picked up yet. You can find all of that at the website. I am on Twitter, but I don't take it near as serious as most people. Clay is way off the res, way off the reservation, R-E-S. Very much worth following on Twitter. Um, great sense of humor, deep, deep resume and experience and I think this as, as I think I said this is one of the best conversations that we've had on the Warhorse. clay is scheduled to return next week 10 days two weeks thereabouts tentatively prop probably late next week we will try and work something out so this is your opportunity to study this man's stuff These books can be, especially audio, you can do it in four or five hours. You could grab them both on audio right now and have them done by tomorrow, assuming you're listening to this Friday the 24th. Write down some questions. You've got my email, DMs, all that shit's open, and um, I will filter them, I will comb through them, and um, we'll see where we're at two weeks ago, or two weeks from now, excuse me, with clay martin when we speak again so with no further ado please forgive the um the audio and some of the uh, this was recorded literally a few hours ago that's not my usual style i like to sit on it um take a lot of time pondering it try and tailor a monologue you know to to the content the this is not a discussion between black pillars. Um, I forget, you know, so many pills came out, seemed to, the clear pill, is that like the no pill? It's just, it's just reality. As Clay points out at one point, much of this, we have to, we have to measure our own assumptions. We have to, you know, we have to go with the best information and analysis that, we can we can generate clay has been at this a very long time as have i and i i will tell you i we usually don't do predictions um either one of us but i think that if any of what we're discussing strikes you as excessive um maybe get your get your old yellow legal pad out and make a timeline you can go back you know into the trump years if you want but you i mean deep into them like 2016 but all you really have to do is take stock of say you know december 2019 or january 2020 and just start plotting relatively major changes and events geopolitical local domestic social atmospheric what have you and um you know people who aren't convinced at this point will not do that it's rather uh, to illustrate the point i think that uh it was, it was auspicious, if, if not more, that, you know, all of this worked out today. Hopefully, I will get this out to you today. And, um, yeah, God willing, and the creeks don't rise, there will probably be a lot to talk about in uh, another 10 days or so. All right, so, again, with no further ado, I hit you with some music and um, my interview My discussion with uh, Mr. Clay Martin, arguably, you know, the most important, well, let's say, you know, vying for the top spot of America's patron saint of uh, of violence, you know, applied violence, let's say, and uh, a very gifted analyst. And a guy with a great sense of humor as well. Enjoy. Okay, So the news that I have at this point is that Clarence Thomas did us a major solid and dropped a a turd in the punch bowl, as my dad might say.
1: (laughs) And then this is the the day of days that we have to talk about what's happening uh, up front for uh, for posterity. Uh, Today is the day they overturned uh, Roe versus Wade which is hilarious, uh, especially since it came the day after they you know, basically kicked New York right in the nuts on, uh, on gun laws, too, man. Like, this has been a week. This has been incredible.
0: So have you confirmed the Roe v. Wade thing? I, I've been out working this morning, and I haven't seen the news, so that, that's... Oh, that, yeah, dude,
1: it's, it's all over there. I mean, now look, their opinion just came out, so we haven't got to the part where, you know, dudes take apart every sentence they said and all this crazy shit. Yes. yes it's 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 a it's law of the land now in fact uh texas's attorney general came out like five minutes later and was like illegal in texas now and i believe missouri just did the same thing in fact the texas guy is uh is awesome he both he's like okay it's illegal i'm leaving my office and this is now a holiday in texas and i remember to the 70 <laughs> so am awesome. like yeah rub some, rub some salt in those wounds i love it beautiful well what <sighs>
0: What do, you think, what do you think the reaction is going to be? Uh, something just absolutely batshit super chimp outs or should we look for maybe I mean it's maybe a combination of
1: Dude, I, I, think, I think honestly we've got to take a step back. we gotta, we got to ask ourselves does this like reinforce my faith in government to be something besides a bunch of useless fucking chuckleheads? No it doesn't. Uh, you know, <laughs> absolutely not. It is still a couple wins for our team though. Uh, and I'll take that. I, I think you kind of personally, though, have to look at this from like a bigger picture perspective. So, you know, I lost faith in the uh, Supreme Court as an institution right around the time a lot of other guys did. You know, December of uh, twenty twenty, when they refused to hear a uh, uh, case about the election. Now, yeah, I'm not a constitutional scholar or anything like that, so I can only look at this through layman. That that when that moment happened, I was like. Uh, It 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 seems so different how that stuff happened. It It definitely definitely made me think that that a couple guys got taken to a back. This is... uh, So, you know, if that was true, which, again, is kind of my belief. Going forward to this moment, how do we really look at this, Uh, especially these two landmark decisions within, you know, 24 hours of each other? Uh, It may not be the win... That we're thinking it is, I, I would think of this. And mm, okay, you got to balance your tinfoil hat a little bit, right? Like, I, you know, I have one. Right. I don't wear it every day, but I do. I do keep it for special occasions. You got to look at this as like one or two things. Either a, you know, Clarence Thomas especially is the hero that this nation has needed for a long time, and he just happened to kind of push these things up, and the uh, the justices in their own opinions did the right thing, or Head on. This is actually like a like a designed to get the left to absolutely freak out, just absolutely lose their shit. Is that of all the things that are before SCOTUS right now, those are probably the two like biggest kicks in the balls that you could have given Blue Team. Uh, so it it may very well have been done just to get them to absolutely go ape shit coming up on the midterms as a plausible threat
0: absolutely um you can't think of i i had sort of wondered if they were going to balance the two um kick us in the nuts and then maybe kick them in the nuts as well to like get both hives very stirred up but i i'm somewhat surprised with this it would seem yeah if you put the tinfoil hat on um maybe we'd be looking at an a redo of summer 2020
1: on steroids
0: i mean people on twitter you know um i know you monitor the stuff probably more closely than i do um they're certainly calling for for blood in the streets i mean they're, they're, they're,
1: they're right i like... <laughs> Take a second here. I'm gonna pull up this tweet that I saved earlier today. That was like, I mean, almost unbelievable uh, what this guy Perfect. said. I'm gonna read it. I'm gonna read it verbatim here. All right, this is Chuck with an anonymous. If you're wondering, he said uh, every member of the Supreme Court who just allowed our, uh, Roe versus Wade to go street. This isn't hyperbole. Gun the motherfuckers down. They failed us. They failed every woman we know. Burn them in their fucking homes. That's some crazy shit. Man, that's that's wazoo, but this is common for what they're saying. We business, you know, when you're in a listen. A hundred percent,
0: a hundred percent.
1: So, uh, so yeah, man, these guys are they're coming unglued. Uh, I happen to also have you know a lot of friends that are like federal law enforcement or uh, law enforcement in larger cities, that kind of things. There's a lot of places that are like full-scale rollout right now. Some stuff it's uh, it's on. Uh, so I, I think they're they're foreseeing a, a major major event. Uh, we'll see how that actually plays out. Here's the other thing. here's the other side. You got to look at this from the uh, from the tinfoil hat stuff. Uh, so we go back to the summer of love. Those things were all funded and fueled you could look you could see the command control elements like that stuff was was pushed by somebody with money and an agenda we haven't seen anything like that since even though we've had events on par with the uh, the Floyd death and you know, we've had things that were absolutely the same ballpark' certainly the same spectrum and we've had nowhere near the same level of, uh, of shenanigans. Uh, so, I mean, maybe actually like the, the Soros machine can, uh, can keep them tamped down if they want to. So it's a big question of right now, do they want to?
0: Yeah, that's a good point. So I guess we're about to find out um, r- with regards to tinfoil hat or not, maybe we can make some more. Uh, at least we'll have more data. I don't know that we'll right. be able to solve it
1: it certainly could be exciting though man I, I i know some pretty uh pretty with it dudes that like canceled meetings in major cities today like mm, i don't care what the uh, return on investment is like i'm gonna stay home and just let this one ride out a little bit
0: yeah so if we were to take like i know and i know you do this and and most of the audience does this but we're constantly kind of taking this or attempting to take some type of assessment of like um how how high can like the the fucking pressure cooker be ratcheted up so we're already um i mean the supply line thing where i'm at has been sort of spotty like last week my wife went out to three different stores could not find half and half not a huge deal deal. um but i know other guys you know um one in particular who works in rapid prototyping it, you know, for people like Boeing and Cummins, yep. very high-level industrial prototyping, and his life is just a constant uh, clusterfuck, basically trying to find what he needs to get to get this job done. Right. So we have the supply line thing. We have a political, um, uh, you know, of what's what's the metaphor? I mean. <laughs> A shit storm on the horizon mm-hmm. uh we have a super corrupt like demonstrably corrupt every institution whether we say
1: right. without question
0: the supreme yeah, yeah. we've got uh, some All of this
1: yeah.
0: yeah and and please jump in here if you want to pick one of these i was just trying to kind of add up the the pile of shit so that then we'd be like this is an enormous pile of shit. so you kind of know where i'm going
1: right and and uh, you're right so Again, I kind of think you got to look at this from the perspective of what's the what's the end state? What's the goal? Yeah, I want to take a second here, early while Girl. we're on, uh, to we'll talk, talk about, about. like uh, basically you know after the, after the election cluster, uh, I spent like probably like three four months like oh my god I got it, and then it's kind of came to the conclusion that like I don't need to figure out the mystery anymore. Like it, it, it honestly, it doesn't. Matter what the, the overall in state is, uh, or why it, it's headed there. To be perfectly honest, what is obvious though is they are trying to break the country. Uh, they are trying to depopulate massive swaths of the population the globe over. And uh, I think one of the one of the one of the cultures they have to break is the American, like uh, because we just have too much money, we have too many guns, we have too much free will. So I think the last two years has been an accelerated plan to get us somewhere that they can, you know, badly, badly damage the, uh, the population of the United States. I'm talking like, you know, 60 to 80% uh, is what their, their goal is. Uh, so how do you do that? Well, there's a lot of ways you can do it. Uh, I mean, starvation is a classic weapon. Uh, it's been, I, I saw a figure one time, there hasn't been a, a starvation event since like 1,400 that wasn't government-made, uh, you know, it's across the board. Even, like, Irish potato famine stuff like that, like, they were still exporting potatoes. They were just letting the Irish starve. Right. Uh, and you go on, you know, Al-Mador, uh Russia, all this other bullshit. It's all done on Mao, all done intentionally. So that's, that's classic number one. And that's a great way to do it. The second thing, let's you've got a hyper-armed population of headstrong people what's the best way to get them well the answer is to let them fight each other uh, you set conditions so that they are prepared and you know you've got some forces in reserve that you use to mop up when they're when they're exhausted uh you know you could actually effectively call that like united states world war one we win world war one I? I don't know we were standing there when that when everybody got tired of fighting <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's kind of how you have to look at it. So yeah, I think that's the direction that, that all this is headed. Now, how much pressure can we take? That's, that's open to debate. Uh, I, I feel like personally, without being you know, a financial whiz kid or anything like that, we've got to be close to uh, the few things that I can track. You look at like credit card spending uh, across the nation, it's like higher than it's but it's way up there. Uh, actually, we're getting the fuels thing like 15, 16 years ago with, uh, with somebody doing some red cell stuff. And uh, the fuel price is a surefire way to, to break our, our system, uh, especially over the last two years prior to these two years. We became more reliant on Amazon deliveries. and That's how people could live out in the woods and stuff. And uh, just COVID accelerated that. Like a lot of mom and pops went out of business and became these centralized warehouses that had to show up by UPS truck. Right. Well, you bumped the, the price of shipping up like 100% or, or 300%. You know, all of a sudden, you've made that a lot less viable. Uh, as well as you know, independent truckers can't keep it together. And then you start looking at the actual shortages that we're having, which is both uh, diesel fuel and death. Now that starts to look like a longer range plan, especially this death bullshit. Uh, let's just take death and break it apart. Uh, anyway, death is made from urea. Uh, okay, so who are the people that make the most urea? Uh, Russia, I uh, believe it was Ukraine, uh, China, India. India exports almost nothing. It's all there's internally, but they do export it. All right, we're not getting anything from Russia because we told them no. Ukraine's in flames, China can tell us to basically pound sand anytime they want. So we have this urea that's needed to make death and we have farmers competing for that same urea to fertilize the ground, and the the death dudes to deliver the shit. Now you've created a shit. Uh, So you you start rationing all these things up. To me, I personally don't think the way that we live right now can go on possibly more than like four or six months. Now, counterbalance that, yeah, I know some some guys whose brains I respect. You know, very smart dudes. Uh, more tied into like the financial systems than I am. They think it's more along the lines of like two to three years. But uh, I'm not sure that I buy that. My own analysis, like, I, I think we've got until fall, maybe winter D, at the latest, and then it's uh, it's game on, it's Mad Max world. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: I was, and I so got to tell you,
1: that's yeah. to take it. I know. now, <laughs> I, to be fair, I, I will, I will state, I think I even say this in my books, my weakness as an analyst is to overcredit my enemy's ability. Uh, you know, it's just, you know, I know myself, that's what it is. Uh, so maybe I'm giving them too much credit uh, on this, on this, these dates, but that's, that's where I see it, man.
0: Yeah, and, and my wow is not to say, oh, that was unexpected. I, I was, It's just been a while since I heard somebody, uh, you know, who's really dug into this lay it out. Because if you're like me, you've had, and I've, I've talked to other people about this, if you've been in the game for, you know, maybe even eight years, but say 10, 12, 15, yeah. there's been a few moments where you're like, oh, shit, this is probably at like 08, uh, you know yeah. seemed pretty dicey 12 yeah. and yeah. so it's almost like I personally I found myself lulled into a kind of thing where it's at the same time though you started out you know at least this sort of train of thought saying you, you've come to a point where you've accepted what's gonna happen and kind of given up on because yeah these whoever these guys are Goldman Sachs or whoever they very well might be right that we've got two three whatever years on the other hand, Clay Motherfucking Martin might be right that we've got um, four months. Four months, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Well, you we're know. living in the. Go ahead, please.
1: Well, look, I've been in the same scenario as you. Uh, being a, I got things were close. Things could have have tipped, and they didn't. All right. And yeah. Does that you know scare me off from from a further prediction? No. It, just, spooked you a thousand times. Like, doesn't care. You know, it's it has to it has to be right every time, or it doesn't have to be right every time. Right? Sitting with that with paranoia, you know, <laughs> a, a, a paranoid can uh, can be wrong every time. Uh, a schizophrenic or a uh, excuse me, uh, an optimist can only be wrong once, right? Uh, and that's that's really the truth of it. So I'm with you. I've seen things get close to tipping and then not tip or, or scale back down. I really do feel like this one is different, and I feel like people's normalcy bias, which is obviously what we all get when we you know look at these things, and they don't. Look at these things, and they don't look at these things, and they don't. The idea that things will just continue as they are, it's very easy to get lulled into that. And uh, you know it's, it's going to be wrong eventually. Now, you could be a citizen of Paris in uh, you know 1941. Uh, you could be a you know naval commander in, uh, in in Hawaii in 1941, for that matter. Uh, yeah, it's eventually going to be wrong, and eventually it is going to kick over. And I feel like this is probably the one.
0: Yeah, I I mean, if I'm honest with you, um, because you know, even if we just study those those little hallmark moments, oh eight, twelve. I don't recall any major decisions like Roe v Wade and, um, right. you know, stuff right. like this, I mean to say nothing of the severity of, of COVID. And, uh, maybe we're just back to the whole, you know, boiling the frog as they, the, we used to say, right. It just took a little bit longer than, uh, then maybe what do we like. Okay. So what are the upsides? What, uh,
1: <laughs> what, a silver, what a silver lining now come on
0: <laughs> i know i know i'm joking honestly
1: no actually there is one i feel like so well that's that does sound very gloomy and very you know black pilled, like oh my god we're all going to die what's the point of even going on now i don't think it's all bad uh, i mean it's close to even close to a little bit all bad because here's the other thing um i was just talking about this to somebody else so I think that they've badly underestimated like the, the normal people, the, the flyover country, you know, cousin fucking chuckleheads that, that they assume all of us are, our ability both to, to adapt to a situation and go on like on an economic front, I, and two, badly underestimated our ability to fight back. Here's, and here's why. One, people that end up up there in the, you know, the I don't know, global elites, You know jet setting ivory tower crowd they haven't been exposed to real people in like 20 years by the time they get up to the you know the the ruling point uh that's one Uh, number two it just i I really feel like they've overestimated it because they think all those things are true like they really they've been told for a long time like they're the smartest dude around like their way is is right they're a genius and uh, you know they're all borderline superhuman and the rest of us are are knuckle-dragging retards Well, that's not true. I've I've met some of these fucking clowns. Like, they couldn't pour piss out of a boot with directions to put it on the heel, for the most part. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I do think that. And uh, another thing that's true of this, when you start shuffling the deck, all right, things never go according to plan. This is one thing that's absolutely true of of warfare. The people that are good at it are the people that are really good at adapting to crazy shit on the fly. Uh, We can have the best plan in the world. I don't care who made it. It's not going to last fucking five seconds. Like, then we're just gonna be making shit up. And uh, our people tend to be really, really good at that. So this deck starts shuffling, it's gonna go in uncontrolled ways. All right, they're trying to do a controlled demolition right now, and uh, that's not gonna work out. There's a bunch of little monkeys in the basement moving the C4 around, and it. it's gonna get out <laughs> here.
0: So here, um, in this point, talking to you, uh, I, I always, because you're vocal, And, you know, I will go through for the audience, they will be very familiar with uh, a super extensive um, warrior's resume, you know, the likes of which you do not run into every single day. And I've noticed, you know, over the years as well, that there seems to be some type of a split between guys with your background and experience, which again is rare. There's not... I mean, maybe there's ten thousand of you, but I doubt that. Um, you tell me. But there's certainly not uh, a million guys no, with your background not, running. Not and close. yeah, and so of the of those that I know that are maybe on on a par with you, I I'll just be honest with you. There's like a worrisome split between guys such as yourself who appear to me to be real dudes. Um, not playing games, not necessarily, you know, I, and there's nothing wrong with making money, but sometimes, right. you know, you'll notice that like, oh, wow, this is just really about the money and you're leveraging. Yeah. An, yeah. Very impressive resume to pull that. And I don't, I'm not trying to bait you into naming names or anything, but in a general sense, how do you feel about, you know, your peer group? and? Are are they are they out to lunch? I know a lot of them are not out to lunch. I know a lot of them are on our side, but but don't let me put words in your mouth. What what's your read on
1: that? No. Here's here's the problem. And we and there is a problem, uh I I feel personally. Um Okay. To start with, there's at least two or three uh veterans special forces veterans like relatively on par with my experience uh that are in antiva uh this became apparent to me this is like three maybe four years ago as uh especially i was i was living in oregon at the time uh seeing these guys active on like twitter and other social media and shit and you know i go i i dig into them a little bit and uh, then background them in a way that only we can do kind of internally because you gotta you gotta make some calls and these dudes are fucking legit, like, oh, that's not. Great. No shit. That's, uh, that's not great. No shit. Yeah. So there's, wow. case, there's two or three that I know of. Yeah, and that's 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 bad, and they're believers in it too. Like, uh, I don't think they're playing a part or, or any bullshit like that. Like they're invested. Um, so then that's, that's still a small percentage, but I'm gonna say probably on the order of like. 5%, maybe 10% at the highest. I mean, we do have our, we have our fruit loops too, man. We just do That's the community. Uh, okay. Then of the rest of my guys, man, there's a lot of dudes that are just like head in the sand. Like they don't want to hear it. They don't believe it. Uh, they don't see this all coming apart. Uh, they're still believing things like, you know, this is just election cycles. We'll do another one and then we'll, you know, get our guy back and it'll be semi-fine and whatever. I'm gonna make some money. Yeah. and. Uh, and uh, you know whatever, do some contractor bullshit, and, uh, and that's it. They're not really awake to the problem. Um, and then, the, as far as the guys that are really awake, this is another thing that's a fundamental issue. with like guys from my background, like, suddenly like it took me a long time to even be comfortable like being on podcasts like this because this is not our our nature as a general rule. Uh, we the the fame gene, if you will, is kind of not present in special force guys for the most part, uh, and usually it's only one or two guys that are out there like really being vocal about who they were and what they've done and, and that kind of shit. And like you said, a lot of times that's also like money play, like uh, they're playing a character basically for you know to to make the to make the money. Um, yeah. So I'm going to say on the on the other side of of what I consider like my side. There's probably a pretty good percentage, like five ten percent, that are just quietly getting their stuff together. Like, okay, well, this is going to be ugly, but I'm not going to, you know, voice it on social media. I mean, you also have to be concerned when you're being one of us. I, I wish I'd pulled this quote, but I, I didn't actually necessarily know that we were going here. Who was it? It was either McRaven or McChrystal or uh, or one of those clowns. What are the what the guys used to be a socom commander talking about? an insurgency uh, after Biden was elected. And he said like out loud, like to the room, he's like, it will be led by some special forces guys. And you know, we'll deal with that when the time comes. Was like, that's, uh, that's spicy. So wow, uh, they know, uh, yeah. And it's a no, I mean, I-, I couldn't believe he said it out loud, like in a public forum, but he said it and uh, he wasn't wrong, uh, probably, most likely in Minecraft. Where was I going with all this bullshit? Anyway, so so there are a few guys, there are a few guys uh, that are doing really good work that are that are not like crazies, but they're, they're doing good work on our side. Like uh, Mike Glover from Fieldcraft, he's done a fantastic job of uh, like building an organization uh, and he paid for it. I mean, he got as a bunch of his assets uh, seized and basically PP spanked after January and uh, un- unpersoned from the, uh, the internet and stuff. Uh, yeah, there's just not a lot of other dudes that are being very vocal about it that I see. So it's yeah. it's kind of a split. Uh, there's a lot of guys that are still asleep. Uh, like obviously, the vast majority are still asleep, uh, and hopefully they'll they'll wake up in time uh, and, uh, and start doing something.
0: Very interesting. Okay, so I have another question. Maybe a little, uh, you know, gen- generally in the same ballpark, but um. I have you know I've obviously read both of um, prairie fire concrete jungle for the listeners you know and I've read a shit ton of these books um, and this wasn't a planned plug but these are these are the absolute cream of the crop these are if you need to read one book you know pick one for your rural guy and pick one for your your urban guy but realistically you can grab them both and um You know, that's to your credit. So if listeners are are at this point about to shit their pants, um, you could still probably get on Amazon right now and grab these books. But I've studied these books very carefully. Um and one of the main I guess this is beyond my, you know, expertise. One of my big questions is, you know, the balloon goes up, shit hits the fan, uh whatever we want to term it. I have a I have it in my mind that and you know this idea of like a massive reduction of the population Um, Meanwhile, we're getting flooded from all sides with Propaganda counter propaganda such that it won't necessarily be obvious that say for example There was just a 40% drop in population in the northwest or what have you if we're living on the east shit's just gonna be fucking mayhem and uh, finding a way to kind of trying to do some breath work over here to bring my heart rate down because you know (laughs) i'm joking but (laughs) um you know as we as we get into this those of us that are imagine ourselves to be in it for the long haul are there any types of maybe signposts along the way even what i'm trying to drive to really is to say you know, I imagine we'll get to a space where the population is sort of so demoralized and just fucked up, and probably small wars going off here and there. Um, things like uh, minor resource grabs or major resource grabs within our within our country, the regional boundaries of our country, whether that's going to be ports or pipelines, that'll probably be like day one. But um, I mean, I guess, you know, what are your thoughts on on that? And then as well, I'm wondering. And maybe we'll just come back to it because I'll probably forget my own question. But, you know, how are (laughs) you know what I mean? Like, how are we going to within if obviously if it goes on for four days? Well, we'll we'll remember most of it. If it goes on four years and we're dealing dealing with like trauma and tragedy and massive changes. At at every level, um, what kind of advice do you have for for folks, or what are, what are just your general thoughts on trying to find these signposts of uh, you know of whatever we can? Is the conflict winding down? Is it winding up again? Is it a lull? These to does this make any sense?
1: Yeah, it does, and I, I think I've got an answer to your question. Um, awesome. Okay. So I'm actually gonna I'm gonna. I'm gonna back it up to a super good book plug. <laughs> okay, uh, a lot of people don't know this if they haven't you know flipped to the first page of a concrete jungle. They didn't see when it came out, or if they didn't grab it like the first month it was out. When did that come out? Well, it came out uh, like the second weekend in June of 2020. How the fuck is that possible? Yeah. Well, it's because I actually started writing it years prior to that. Uh, I was living in Oregon myself actually at the time. Uh, And I saw things happening in in Oregon, in that little microism of of Portland versus the red counties that showed me, along with my experience and whatever other, I don't know, frou-frou bullshit, it showed me that this was the way that things were going. Uh, It showed me that we we were on a glide path to basically an ideological civil war in this country back as far as like 2017, 2018. Uh, and maybe sooner than that if I'd, if I'd really been paying attention. So, uh, so then I started writing a motherfucker. Um, and at the time, couldn't get it, I actually had a book contracts at the time. Couldn't we get it. They were like, oh, my God, that's retarded. Like, nobody cares about this kind of shit. This isn't going to happen. This is like, we don't need this. Okay. So I'm sitting uh, there sitting when, uh, when the George Floyd riots kick off. And I'm like, oh, my God. Like, this is it and uh i remember i hadn't worked on it a long time at that point like probably years uh i remember that i have it and uh, the only way i was even able to find it was i'd sent it to a buddy to just like read over it and he still had it in his scent folder so he sent it back to me i hammered out an ending which you'll notice the ending is, is kind of short in like a weekend and i had lobbed it out there uh <clears throat> and this goes back to the root of, of what the, the 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 principle behind both books actually was it was a. Uh, it was not to be a 400-page bestseller or uh, or get to go on Oprah or some bullshit like that. That is as pure as I could distill the lessons that I've learned from you know 25 years now of being a, a violent professional or doing doing violence as a profession. That I could help my tribe in the in the broad sense possibly survive and win. Uh, and it's, it's very, it's only like 200 pages long, but it's very nutrient dense uh, because of that. Even I got some guys that have read it three or four times and they're like close to me now and they'll call and they'll be like, what about this? And I'm like, "Well, flip over to page 105. Like, what does it say? Like, <laughs> Oh, it says the answer to this question. Like, yeah, it does. Uh, so there's a lot crammed into a small package there with no filler. Uh, and, yep. and that's, it's again, that's done for a reason. That's, that's by design. Uh, so going forward into your your exact question there of, of what are, what are the signposts going to be really when it comes to something like this i start also deferring cuz look i've seen collapses but i've seen them from the mindset of one of you know uncle sugar's stormtroopers so i had logistics
0: yeah
1: that intelligence section, I had radios and i was either causing it preventing it or watching it you know depending on which one it was at the time uh so I've seen this from that perspective. I've also made a, a really good you know, case study of uh, Selco, the dude from the Balkans that writes a lot now. Uh, he's yes. got a prepper name, too, but his name is Selco. He's great. And then, uh, God, I can never remember the guy's name. He's on with uh, Matt Bracken all the time. Uh, he's from Argentina.
0: And oh, right.
1: Um, yep. Yeah. You know who I'm talking about. Yeah. Maybe we'll yes, I Post do. Or something. Those I guys have a, a, a pretty good group. Looks like from I mean, the citizenry research coming apart. But for us, I, I think, think what it comes down to, down to is this nothing that's after things go, after the, the wells run dry or, uh, or the power goes out or, or, or whatever, nothing matters to you that's outside of a five mile radius of your house. All right. There are no internet friends. There are no, you know, call my cousin three states over unless you've, you know, establish a really good link up plan and you're you're going, like you've got the resources, you built all bullshit to get there. Nothing right. outside of five miles of you right now matters. Uh and that's the place we've all to. And I believe that's also how we we fight uh ultimately like the globalist kind of takeover is within those five building block i've got my food uh that i can eat that's reproduced it's sustainable i've got uh, basically for lack of a better term like a, a militia I've, I've got dudes with guns that know how to fight uh and we're not giving up an yep. inch and we know how to fight in this area so those become for lack of a better word kind of like a cell like a five mile cell and the only way that we win is if we have spread that message so that those cells can interlock the next five miles, the next five miles, the next five miles, the next five miles. Next five miles. That was really kind of the uh, the principle behind uh, uh, Prairie Fire, which I wrote later. Was yes. you've got to establish these networks, all right, and you've got to be prepared to uh, you know resist. Uh, you've got to be prepared to just live, like you know trading, like uh, those guys have. Uh, they have a refinery, and uh, they make you know I don't know hundred gallons of gas, at me, that's what they can make on their, you know, bullshit solar panels or whatever they've, whatever they've jerry-rigged <laughs> there. And uh, we're over here with some uh, some goats and I uh, will trade them some goat meat for some fuel when we need it and just kind of bring back that that bartering system. Uh, it, it won't be pretty. Uh, I mean, it'll be absolutely hideous, but that's kind of where it is. The, uh The other thing that I think the, the, the big they have over-planned on and that we will see uh i think at some point they're still thinking like they have all these like tanks and planes and you know army formations and, and fuel to feed them well if they fuck up the economy in the middle of the country the way that they're doing they actually don't have that they don't have the logistical supply to maintain that shit. uh i think a lot more like active troops like if shit, act, push actually came to shove i think a lot more active troops would desert than they think, and that could be either to you know go back to the farm in Arkansas, uh, or it could be to actively resist this bullshit. It could be it could be both. Uh, yeah. Either way, that they, they don't have the forces anymore that they think they do. So, yeah, if they remotely answer the questions that open up like nine thousand more questions.
0: <laughs> right? Yeah, that's the nature of this talk, though. I mean, we're just we're just like we have right, some right. ideas, and we have and we know that we're committed, so we better figure some shit out. Um, but what I gained from that that I actually even though I just touted my having studied these books very well, well, you're right, it is there, there. so is is maybe the key to, because there is an upside and maybe that upside is we fucking win this motherfucker um, in the long term. Maybe Maybe what we push the the shit in and yeah, there's no choice. So if we focus on Our five miles just like kind of in life, you know, Mm -hmm. hey, I focus on my shit. You focus on your shit and together. Yeah. Yeah Do you have any notes? Do you have any sense that? Yeah, go ahead I
1: was gonna say man, dude, that's exactly it bro fucking that that is 100% it You know, we make ourselves very hard very fucking tough Like right where we're standing and the rest of this will sort itself out and it is it is win or die uh when this when this actually kicks off it will be annihilation of you and your family and your bloodline or win and that's it yeah it gives me a lot of peace actually like i'm, I'm very comfortable with that set of rules like okay well, we'll we'll just win then.
0: yes that's the only option um do you have any exactly. sense you know you you've traveled uh, you've been around uh, the country are there areas right now that feel stronger or weaker i know we both spent in fact we were probably in oregon at the same time and um that's, that's it, you weird. know maybe it's we'll, we'll have yeah we could have that chat maybe another time but like i do agree just jumping back there that um walking around even oregon you get out from you know the city you, you start hitting thinking? uh basically red america real quick yeah um yeah you do
1: and, in a big way like holy you know, shit.
0: yeah I mean, muscle cars uh or muscle you know jacked up trucks uh everybody's got a yeah. gun and then you know well, bam i'm down in like, like the the trendy third area or wherever the pearl of portland and these people are living on another planet entirely tightly. um <laughs> right, right. It, it was like so close concert one well, way anyway, so, maybe Pacific Northwest. I kind of go back and forth on Portland. Like, you know, maybe they'll be okay, but are there areas yes, where right now, now where you're, you're feeling not up. so good and other areas where you're saying you feel good, strong? Like Texas comes to yeah, mind. Absolutely. The South. Yeah.
1: Yeah. My uh, my probably... I, I know my top three, and I'll try to get my, my fourth, and then we'll talk about those top three. I feel like there are, like three, four areas that are like absolutely the best places to be standing in terms of survivability. Um, I go back and forth on my number one spot. My number one spot is either the northern Idaho kind of greater conglomerate or Texas. I'll I'll just cover the Idaho one first because it's most familiar to me. So Idaho, north of Moscow, encompassing Montana out through the Bitterroot Valley and then over to... Washington and Oregon, the part that have trees. Those parts are are very tough people. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? They're, they're already very kind of autonomous. Uh, they already don't take anybody's shit. Like, uh, I don't know if you knew this, uh, but if you went north of, of Moscow, especially over the Coraline Sand Sandpoint area during COVID, nothing changed. You could walk, you right. could park, walk into a restaurant, order food from a human being Diaper on their face and sit down at a table and eat it. They came out very early, like, we're not doing anything. Like, this business is normal. Like, fuck off. Uh, And and Boise did nothing about it. They were like, those are really not the kind of people you want to screw with and certainly not on their home terrain. Uh, So that area is pretty tough. They got a pretty good amount of resources. They they don't have a hell of a lot of oil. They don't actually have any port access. We get down to it. Uh, But I still think they'd be okay. But very very hard people there uh number two or or number one depending on my mood i guess is is texas uh purely because of this they've got some political problems down there they're kind of turning purple uh all the cities are blue blah 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 well they have a couple things going for them that nobody else has uh one is a, a a bit of what i call state nationalism that is unparalleled those dudes are are proud to be Texans, and they think of themselves as Texans first and Americans second, which is very important uh, for for what will happen. Uh, You know, you can see secede bumper stickers, you've been able to see that since, you know, since they invented bumper stickers in the 50s. There's a strong, like, cohesive identity there, as well as, like, an economic power between uh, fuels, port access, infrastructure, power grid, if they ever turned it back on, their power grid kind of sucks right now. It used to be extraordinarily strong, now it's not. Uh, and also just some really tough people. They're descended from hard asses. I mean, those dudes were still fighting the yeah. Indians there until like, you know, 1899. Like, they are some savage people. And I, I firmly believe that if push ever came to shove, they'd just go burn those blue cities to ash and move on. And it wouldn't take very long. Like, if, if shit actually got real, I think they would do that. Uh, so, so Texas has got to be up there as a contender. Uh, number three in my book is uh, what I'm terming like Greater Ozarkistan, which would be uh, kind of eastern Oklahoma, up around the, uh, the Ozarks into Missouri, and then down through Arkansas. Uh, again, of all the places that I wouldn't want to fight the natives in this country, that's number one. Uh, that terrain is absolutely savage. Uh, and for the people that know it, like it's it's a huge, huge tactical advantage. Uh, those people are also notorious for like taking absolutely no shit off anybody. I mean, still got Shiner <laughs> back there. Like they don't really give a yeah. damn about the federal government. Uh, Missouri, especially, like they're up there as far as like top three state legislatures for like telling the feds to go pound sand on or just a regular basis. Uh, so that's a that's a pretty good third option. Um yeah, fourth, man, I don't know. I mean I guess if I had to go to another region. Florida's kinda getting up there. Only because they they had, you know, the saying the Florida's always been pretty hard people actually too. They got some flaky shit going around like Miami. Uh I don't know though. I don't know if they have the uh the cohesive identity to like break away and do their own shit though, as well as their they don't have a lot of resources besides ports and, and agriculture. They don't have, you know, fuel or, uh, or things like that. So fourth place, kind of hard to guess right now, I guess.
0: Good answer. Oh man. How, um, if we can maybe, maybe tone it back a little bit, we can swing back to, you know, tactical and, and strategic stuff but I know that you and probably a lot of people who you consult with for or advise, who you've written your books towards and myself like we're fathers uh, we yes. have families and one that's a major motivator Maybe. like you said um, like if you know you know if you're not willing to lay the life down for that then I mean what the fuck is any of this like does anything right. make any you, sense at all that right. um, and, and you do, um, you do address this in, from a couple, couple of different angles, angles uh, in both of your books as I recall. But I was wondering, so listeners, go read the books again. Um, maybe we just share our thoughts on, you know, family stuff. Because it's kind of one thing for you and I, you in particular, vastly that. exceed my own experience. It's one thing for us to, to as men say, okay, we're going to have to go through some extremely horrendous um, shit, you know, and we're, going to ha- and we're going to do it. We're not going to bitch and moan. We're not going to change our mind or change course. And uh, I bet a lot of us have some, you know, some doubts, some fears like, shit, I'm going to have to shred this fam up. Oh, I'm going it. to, you yeah. know, all right, that's, I, I mean, yeah, let's share, if you yeah, don't, don't mind, share your thoughts on that. It's no, like no, no, fucking man, central dude, for everybody.
1: That's the only thing that really scares me. Uh, this shit was obviously a lot easier to deal with when it was just me. Uh, Same. Yeah, I, I did it for twenty. I did it, yeah, you know how it is. When you have kids in the equation, it's 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 two things. One, it's a lot it's a lot more frightening because uh, you know how bad things are going to be if you you fall in the line and uh, and that kind of shit. But it is also like we said, the major motivator, and that you know I will not let my children be enslaved. Uh, so we have to win. But it is, it's fucking scary, man. It's, uh, it's a terrifying place to be. Uh, every day that my kids get older, and they're not that much older than yours right now, uh, I I feel like I'm getting them closer to be able to handle themselves, but they're still years, years and years and years off actually being able to, that, that does scare me. That does weigh heavily on my shoulders. Uh, the only way I think you can mitigate that is that should be an incentive to get your shit together more, uh, you know, be better prepared, do a better job of networking, find some other people that their their shit tight. Uh, I mean that has been the number one for, for all parents right now is that uh, we either are, are not prepared and we lose or you know, we're not prepared and, uh, and our kids go through some just fucking terrible shit that they didn't have to if we'd, uh, if we'd had it together a little bit more. But yeah i know what you're saying there, yeah man. that is that is some scary stuff
0: yeah i have not um other than you know attempting um because mom i found in my short you know experience with fatherhood and the sort of things mom's really good at translating otherwise kind of crazy shit to a kid because the kid will just be like oh all right you know um yeah. and so mom you know, it, it, that's kind of my thinking right now. It's like, okay, so if I can get mom to, which is a, a fucking stretch, you know, to kind of acquaint yourself like, and have faith that, you know, this will this will end and this is something we have to do. Yeah, I don't have any particularly great answers on this, but I've, I'm struggling with it right now. I'm sure a lot of people are.
1: Well, I'm gonna say that it's, it's, it's very tough. Uh, also, you know, women are, are wired different than men. Uh, as a shock to you know, like half the country, but it's true. Uh, really, I mean, their psychological processes, their biology—all this shit—is is wired different than us. Uh, some of which you could say, uh, arguably, makes them less prone to believe that things will get ugly and that we should do what we need to do to prepare for it. Uh, it's, it's just kind of not in their nature as much. Uh, we yep. men have been you know fighting the invading horde forever, literally since we were you know monkeys hitting each other with sticks so that that fear is a lot more especially if we let our primal brain kind of come to the front it's there like we we can see what the fuck is happening uh and that's more of a fear for us is it you know like historically speaking we're talking you know a thousand years ago uh we get killed that's it uh, and then our children yep. are enslaved to somebody else, and our, our women are war brides. Uh, they don't have the same like annihilation fear hardwired into the lizard brain that we do. Uh, so getting that through to them is difficult. And it just takes, it just takes, you know, patience, number one, and keeping it repeat. Don't freak out like, oh my God! Here's the, here's the sideboard. Here's all it's all fucking come apart. We're gonna fucking die. But we're kind of like slowly shipping away and reassuring them that we know what the fuck we're doing and we can, we can make this work. Uh, but I feel like that's really the key. And I honestly yeah that we yeah, I, I mean I'm trying, but that, you know I don't have a hundred percent solution for you.
0: None of us do, but I think you're right. I think that's a good point. Is because um, some guys, you know. Even in our circles, we're, we'll will have the idea like, and I think there's something too, maybe not sharing every bit of information with wife, which is kind of the yeah. standard in right. married couples anyway. But yeah, sharing enough so that they, if because unless your wife is an absolute retard, right, I'm she's just gonna have some fucking questions <laughs> probably at some point yeah, in this, right? No shit. And no so shit. I think you're onto something. Like maybe, maybe even working on solidifying that now. I mean that's probably just a sad fact of the fucking way the dice are cast that, you know, if your marriage or all that shit is already fucked up, it's about to probably get fucked up more. But on um, on the other hand brutal, sometimes
1: it might cohere You know. Pressure. Exactly. Yeah.
0: That might well that's a great point. Shoot. Uh okay, okay so I got another I got a- question for you here in general collapse. Wheelhouse. So, I I spent some time with a guy that you are certainly familiar with. You might know him, uh, Mike Panone.
1: Oh yeah, awesome. Yeah, yeah, I know Mike. And he one what? of the, thing, yeah,
0: yeah, great guy. Got, it was one of those training experiences that, awesome. you know, I'm okay. I'm very proud of. And uh, he yeah. he gave me some words of advice. One of the things that I recall him saying was, "Killing is." If you if you've ever punched somebody in anger, which in our era, like I'm 46, you know, I a good percentage of us uh, right. got in some scrapes at least, right? Now this is becoming much less. Would you? He was saying punching somebody's ticket under all of the, you know, moral uh, framework that you or I or whoever is going to need um, yeah. is really no different than. Clocking someone in anger, and I, yeah. I have always kept this in the back of my mind. What does that tell? Me, tell me, what do you think about that? What are your thoughts?
1: Oh man, he's absolutely right. In fact, I would say it's easier. Um, look, <laughs> this is this this may be a disagreement with me and like the, the psychologist and shit or whatever, but fuck them, giving somebody the business at interpersonal violence range, you know, the, the length of my arm is different than killing somebody across the room with a, a tool that's basically a fucking science fiction still to my monkey brain all right it's, yeah mike is is correct and all is mostly correct there and that yeah especially if you get accustomed to it man it's no big deal uh the the part where he's maybe a little bit off, and this is because Mike is a natural-born killer. I, I've known Mike for years. Uh, Mike does the business, uh, no question about that. The one thing that I'm going to say that maybe Mike doesn't remember because he's been uh, a combat veteran for so long, the first one and maybe the second one, if if somebody's going to have a hesitation, that's what it's going to be. Uh, Yep. Now, I don't believe all this, you know, psychology bullshit of, uh, you know, it's going to traumatize you and that, uh, you know, most people won't, all this other bullshit. I-, I think that's made up crap. I think most guys will, but this is the big thing. You need to psychologically come to terms with that a long time before it's an issue. I- and I mean that for the entire audience, man. Just like, you know, sit down and have an honest evaluation for yourself, like, that's Answer, yes, but you need to think about that and you need to decide, like right now, like, yeah, like if it comes to that other people or my kids, like they die and that, that's really yeah. it, it really is it. And then as far as, you know, what Mike's saying there about, you know, ease, yeah, man, honestly, it is, it, you know, you feel things a lot differently when you're like trying to kill someone with your hand than, like I said, with using the, the, the fucking space gun tool, like this is child's play like oh yeah so he's right that's not, yeah. not difficult it, it, it.
0: that makes a lot of sense lot um of sense. yeah I don't mean to catch you off very
1: dude man he's an awesome cat no, no 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 by all means man but let me just reinforce points psychologically prepare yourself now no big deal on
0: copy that for the audience rewind that section or I will uh, isolate it and uh, play it on loop I will put up a podcast where it's just that section for like two hours and uh, I like it I like maybe it. drop some trance music in there I don't know okay so if we would you mind if we jump back to the era of the coof, our COVID, and um, oh yeah you know I think we all those of us that were far this far along you know we were looking at it for like what lessons can we pull from this and all the time like well fuck better be prepared right now i i in terms of supply chain stuff um and then maybe we can you know some of your i know that a lot like as you said before we have to qualify a lot of the experience overseas from the point of view of the guy who's who's running with the greatest supply chain in the history of, and logistics strain in the history of right. the world. But as we proceed, I've always imagined a sort of world where some shit is still getting through. Like maybe it's not, um, my organic half and half and like the, the you know, organic key for or whatever, whatever. Right. but we might, um, what can we, what can we give our audiences in, or in terms of, you know, I mean, ammo should be r- off the table. Right, That's it. dude. Medical. Go ahead, please.
1: You're exactly on point here. All right. were 100% on point as far as, like, some things will still get through. Uh, and this is something else that I've had to, like, have a, a discussion with multiple people about, like, Odds are that it's not just like everything's cut and you know it's the fucking road and I got a shopping cart and uh you know three rounds of 38 <laughs> special. Like that's 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 to me it's an unlikely scenario just because I've never seen it play out that way in any of the theaters that I've ever been in. Uh, like even for instance, like uh, like Iraq. Uh, do you know how long the power was out in Iraq after the invasion?
0: I, I don't
1: like three weeks. Uh, after that, it, three was, weeks. it was on, it was back on. Yeah, now granted. Uh, three maybe four weeks now granted we you know fed some dudes in there to turn the power plants back on we didn't have a hell of a lot of them Uh, but there were some like civil affairs and like uh, engineers and shit that we you know brought in as part of the invasion force but even if we hadn't I I really firmly believe even the uh, the dumbass Iraqis would have got the power back on Uh, if for no other reason the guys know how to run the power plant that's like the skills they can provide that gets them like food or whiskey or or whatever uh, so they have a resource they're not gonna just set it on fire and uh, and watch it burn or not go back to it so it was it was sh- spotty power you know it might be two hours a d- a day four times a week, or some bullshit like that, but it was something uh same thing with with gasoline over there uh it didn't take very long before the black market developed it might be expensive and you might not be able to get a lot of it, but there was fuel uh you talk to Anybody else that's in one of these theaters that collapsed, a lot of shit, or a fair amount of shit, was still coming over the border uh, from other <coughs> countries that were that were close by. Uh, and or uh, you start talking about, especially in Europe, a lot of things started being produced locally. Uh, things that you wouldn't think were even possible. Uh, we're already seeing this to a limited degree here in a in farm country where I'm at. Uh, you've got machine shops that have started making parts for like tractors and stuff that uh, two years ago, it would have in no way been worth their effort. But now, because of necessity, I mean, they're 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 doing this stuff. Parts that are normally stamped out on you know machines in China. So some stuff will still get through. Barter will still exist. Economies will still exist. Uh, people that are like, I mean, dude, we've been doing specialization for like five thousand years. We're not just going to stop that because uh, the lights went out for a minute. So you know, dudes that are good at organizing a farm detail and, and keeping the, the wheat growing, they might not have a hell of a lot of it, but they'll have some. So yeah, stuff will get through. Um, as far as like things that we should be stocking up on that are that are like basically irreplaceable. Now, gotta think about that one a little bit. Uh, ammunition, obviously, is a big one. Uh, although I. I think potentially we would see both the uh, Russians and the Chinese uh, feeding ammunition and munitions into yep. this conflict just to keep it going. Um, yep. medical, medical stuff, man, they, you, you burn through a lot of med supplies or deal with trauma. Uh, so like you know, five, six, 10 times more than you think you need is what you need for medical stuff. Um, some of that can be improvised with you know, washing bandage, but it's nasty. Uh, and some of the, the medicines and stuff, this is probably actually one of the biggest problems. And one of the things we learned from COVID, actually, an absolute shit ton of our like, meds and stuff. Either the precursors are made in China or they're made in China. So yeah. those are things that are also very hard to turn back on. Uh, you can solve a little bit of like holistic medicine or you know, maybe there's some, you know, whiz-bang chemists that can cook some of that shit up, but that one's gonna be in, in short supply, I think. So, heavy on the medical front. Um, durable tools, man, you, even in like the depression and stuff, you can you can eat in a lot of places. As if you get out there and dig a ditch or, uh, you know, help build a dam, put up a barn, some shit like that, Amish country stuff, uh, all the more so if you have some specialized equipment, um, you know, sh- shit, I watched that, uh, that show Mountain Men that's one of my few guilty television pleasures. Uh, one of the dudes up in right. Ozarks actually bought like a little sawmill, like a little, I mean, it's like the size of my kitchen table, but he was able to cut boards to, you know, true dimension and he's got more business to handle, uh, off of like a, you know, Briggs and Stratton eight horsepower some bullshit so things like that uh I, I feel like are the the biggest the biggest keys um we're just gonna have to do it without charmin man it sucks but you know it is what it is yeah
0: rock yeah a rock has you know the properties of, of it has an edge and you can scrape and it does it does a fair job right i said i've said this in some of you know the other episodes where it's come up in my experience, uh, survival and these things, that there is a type of dude out there who um, is is uncomfortable with taking a shit in the woods. And and I I my attitude yeah. with that was, we that's like we gotta get over this. I mean, you can right. one, it's just it's giant it's pussy behavior. Like there's no, no other way to say it. But there's plenty of like, ways to wipe your ass and make sure it's you know. The wet ones will obviously run out at some point. Uh, right, the yeah. Charmin, though, we yeah. got to gotta don't pin any of our hope. hopes on, on that. Yeah, the tools, I, you know, things like saw blades, um, drill bits, there's, there's so much refuse, like, I mean, we produce um, a lot of shit in the you know we don't produce it but we fucking consume it and then throw it away. Um, I've always imagined that there would we'll be, be some mad, mad Max Mad Maxian opportunities for, you know, these kind of uh hillbilly super jerry rigger dudes who can do like gasifying oh, engines. Yeah. I mean that Damn shit is yeah. gonna be I mean I can't do that, but but maybe I could figure it out. Me but either. I know there's you know there's the hillbillies not too far um and i have always thought that if i you know maybe that's one of those things i need to remind myself personally to you mentioned earlier like there's some motivation here and we all have these i guess i guess we all have areas where we feel pretty strong and then, and i know you've even mentioned this where there's a guy named john mosby who who's written some stuff you know in this yeah in this area and he has oh, beaten John this will horse is a legend. yeah yeah good guy um well we've talked about on the podcast but i will link him in the notes as well um but he's made this point like it's pretty obvious that most most of us i think dudes Dude. it's the meeting me. the other people um and not, not you know being the awkward douchebag or helping the other guy get over the awkward douchebag moment um so we can kind of work through some Some of of this, this like, social shit shit to start, you know, to deal. Because I found, like, you know, on a work site, I imagine this is similar in the military. We all are sort of expecting this time when it's, like, it's man time, it's time to go. And um, I I, I think that will be the case for for a lot of us, more than maybe the black pill Mm -hmm. moments allow for. But um, has this been your experience, you know? Um, in your travels and I'm sure you talk talked to a lot of people in asking you questions and stuff that people are still having trouble with the networking piece of this, um, Yes,
1: Fuck yes. You're Right. this is yeah. honestly, this, this is the number one question I get asked is how do I yeah. do the networking piece? And it is, it's the hardest part. Uh, the rest of the shit's kind of easier to, 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 to do, to do and deal with it. It is, it's extremely tough. Uh, and I also have to frame this through the lens of it's less hard for me because this is actually the thing that special forces is better at than everybody else is one of the things that yeah. sets us apart uh, is our ability to just show up and do this uh, because it's, it's in our mandate. Uh, so they start training us to do this shit on day one, uh, you know, show up interface with the locals, figure out what the motivations are, become friends with these guys all of them uh and and then for lack of a better term kind of manipulate them to what we wanted to do that's the u.s government policy uh so even without that for everybody else yeah man look it is tough it is is extremely tough it's especially tough in a new world where we have all the social media and shit so we don't ever lose our old friends uh or we can make new ones that we've never actually had to meet and interface with uh, but you have to get out there and, and, and do it because none of those other fucking people matter when it when the balloon goes up so how do you do it well uh number one involved in some way it doesn't matter if you're fucking softball league uh, i personally prefer like uh, shooting matches uh jujitsu you know some kind of dojo boxing gym i don't care um, and then you just kind of start feeling people out man like Hey, dude. Uh, you know, we're just talking around the fucking cooler. This could be work to stuff too. Like, fucking just, shit's looking pretty spicy there on the uh, on the on the gas price front, right? Yeah. And you kind of feel for the guys that are idiots and will never get it, and the guys that kind of get it. And then if it's a guy that even kind of gets it, you start start bringing them in. You don't you don't throw the whole fucking sales pitch at once. Like, holy fuck, they're turning the frogs gay. Kind of kind of bullshit. You start feeling him out, and you start also bringing him, and you start educating him a little bit, just a little bit at a time, like, hey, well, did you know this? Uh, you know, what did you think about the, the election back then? Uh, you know, maybe not there sacrificing babies to Moloch, like right now. We'll do that tomorrow. Uh, but that's kind of how you do it, man. It's just, it takes time. It takes a lot of time, actually. Uh, and it's also, to some degree, right now in the environment that we're in, it, it's frustrating. You... you like it's so fucking obvious to a lot of us, and you want people to get it. and You want to grab it by the shirt, be like, "God damn it, this is all coming apart." These yeah, they're not ready for that shit. So you just kind of gotta walk them into it a little bit. I mean, hell, I was talking to uh, somebody today uh, about these these very same things, and you know, he's probably a couple of weeks, maybe a month away from like being ready for like real, but he's there. He's got the potential. He's he's got the feeling for it. Uh, Another good way to do this, one of the things that we have in the state of Miami, we have a very strong uh, Second Amendment thing. So it's also easy to start this on a a different kind of political front. Um, Kind of making a a structure within a structure. So pick something that's important to your region. Guns is actually a good one, usually, because you're going to get the right kind of people anyway. Uh, Start bringing people together. Bring up. uh, Make a little, like, we're going to have a a town hall meeting about red flag laws. That's great. And then, you know, go out, knock on, do whatever you need to do to get people there. Give a little presentation on, hey, this is a not crazy presentation, too. Like, hey, I think we should do this. We should petition the sheriff to say we'll never do this bullshit. or, Or something that's kind of middle of the road. From that, you kind of start feeling out, again, the guys that are, like, really down or potentially really down and, you know, you talk to them after the meeting and you start, you know, kind of bringing them in a little bit. Now, one of the things that I address strongly in, uh, I think the first, I think it's a concrete jungle, is everybody on the right side, especially, uh, right now is afraid of the Fed. Like, oh my God, I'm gonna get infiltrated by the Fed. Oh yeah, man, fucking, you are. Like, that's what they do. That is exactly what they fucking do. As long as you aren't saying the three super bad things, which I put in print right there, everything's okay. As long as you don't actually say words like "I'm going to foment a rebellion against," you know, the United States. Don't take that out of context, goddammit. That is not the soundbite. As long as you don't say things like that, you're fine. Yep. And one, you're probably going to be able, especially over time, to to spot the Fed. And really, does it does it fucking matter? Like, if you're not fomenting like a rebellion, like, do you fucking care? I assume everything I say, with this phone in my pocket anyway, is going straight to an NSA database. Uh, and I've certainly said enough shit on things like podcasts so that, yeah, they, they're watching my Bad. We don't have, really have to worry about uh, things that are probably illegal. I think that makes any sense. Now, once we cross minutes. that bridge. Okay, good. You kind of know what I'm saying with this. Yeah. Once things get close to crossing that bridge, well, then you kind of had to think about this more long term, of like bootleggers or uh, or weed dealers outside of the five states where it's legal or whatever. You know, criminal organizations have existed for a long time, and they've found ways to mostly keep themselves clean. I mean, a lot of them have been taken apart, yes, by stupidity and uh, and letting somebody you know infiltrate them. But uh, you know, just be careful and uh be careful and don't be stupid you'll be fine
0: yeah it's one of these strange ironies that uh, you know it might have been for a lot of us one of the first um sort of like frustrations that wakes you up where you're like isn't this country founded on these basic principles of free association um and like you say yeah there's a few things that you're not supposed to say at the same time and i I, you see this on twitter people love to try and debunk or dissect x or y um quote from thomas jefferson like oh he didn't really say whatever it's the tree of liberty or whether it's x y or z quote like the essence of the thing the the like basic underlying message that um whether, you know, almost from any angle, like, we're, um, this government is of the people, if, even if it's just a mythology, um, that's still the law of the land. And I think, in I think for a lot of people that you would approach, even in a, you know, like you're saying, um, gun rights or whatever, I, I think I found that rehashing a couple of those ideas without the retard that's, that's being, like, you, you, know, know, you don't, don't go from, from hey, nice to meet you, too, full Alex Jones, the frogs are gay, and, um, you know, you don't need to go all that, that distance. But there's a lot of this residue, you know, even in FUDs, and I uh, mean, there's some around here, you know, where you like, when they start to put the pieces together, they be like, well, fucking hey, you're right. Um, this In the end, what's going on just ain't right. And it... In my experience, too, it takes the months or years sometimes for that distance to close between yes, that's a fact, and be nasty um, when that, this all kind of comes. Will, will,
1: that distance will also shorten as we get closer to a line of departure of like things really being fucked up. It's just how yeah. it works. Like the you know the, the, the brighter the fire gets, the more people are, are awakened to uh, to what is going on. So I, I really feel like over the next. Two to three months, a lot more people will start to get it, uh, which is going to make like recruitment and stuff, building, organizing groups and stuff a lot easier. And the counterbalance to that is we have less time to get our shit together, uh, which sucks. But this is this is honestly it's just the way things are. Most people live their entire lives with their head in the sand until something forces them to look look uh, look at it, and that's that's what we're going to be dealing with.
0: Yeah, nothing truer than that. Um, there's, there's a brilliant, brilliant, This reminded me, there's a brilliant part of, uh, I think it's Prairie Fire, forgive me, I listen to them both kind, kind of at once, you know, I listen back to back, but I'm pretty sure, you know, you go through a description more or less of, I'm not sure in business if you would call it, gaining an asset, but it's, it's you giving an example of going into a series of gas stations and getting a cup of coffee and asking a couple of pointed questions. Um, and and so for, for that, you know, there's practical pieces like that where it's 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 on the one hand, it's very high level uh, stuff, but on the other, it's it's kind of intuitive. And what Clay does here is make it simple. And he's not applying it to, to you know Germany or Iraq or something that's very exotic to our experience. It's it's um, it's literally going into a convenience store. And making it part of your routine, to, you know, it's it's make, that guy might not be on the inner 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 circle, but he might be somebody who provides important information at some time.
1: Right. Right. And the best way that I can describe that, uh, yeah, I had to be very careful where I tread there, so we did get into like some free crap stuff, and then I get my pee spanked for uh, for saying bad boy things out loud. But I'm going to say this, the, uh, the best human guys I ever met in, in my line of work were all former salesmen, the car salesmen, fucking insurance, whatever, whatever kind of bullshit. In some cases, uh, corner dealers, they all had this ability and it was like they lived their entire lives like that. You ever seen a really good salesman at work? Uh, you know, I don't necessarily mean a dude trying to sell yeah. you a car, but like a dude that was like a friend. You see the way they interact with the people around them all the time. It's, it's almost yeah. like it's part of their nature then to be, one, creating these kind of like false sense of comfort like we're boys, and then two, to start just listening information from people because that helps them put together a, a picture, uh, it helps them with their sales pitch, whatever they wanna do. But they are phenomenal at it. And uh, I mean, honestly, you could learn a lot about like, for lack of a better term, how to recruit sources just by Fake going to buy a car every weekend for three or four weekends, you know. Just show up at a lot, and you have no intentions of buying some bullshit. But just kind of go along with it, and just instead of paying attention to the fucking deal, pay attention to the guy. Look at the the way he gets information out. Uh, Con artists are really good at this too. You know, the classic, uh, you know, gypsies and shit. Like, they just have this like uncanny ability to to make you feel like welcome and uh, and they know things about you know even though you told them that shit fucking a minute ago and that is how information my my grandfather was actually this but people would tell that motherfucker things they wouldn't tell a priest in like two minutes like i don't know why but they just would uh and that's a, that's a skill set that you can develop
0: yeah i i definitely run into some corner boys as you call them or dealers who have a a certain knack for that and it's 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 yeah. just it comes off as like hey it almost comes off as like, like kind of well innocent or stupid even like what's this guy really digging for and meanwhile he's just gathered three or four bits of what he needed it wasn't it may not necessarily make any fucking sense to me why do you want to know where what that it was or why do you want to know the time that she was at the house but yeah, yeah oh have you seen no I haven't seen her okay but that's what he needed to know it it right. it can be uh, yeah I, I in my limited experience it seems to be something that um is intimidating for people but again that example that you gave was something that I think most dads can fucking pull that off spend Saturday morning <laughs> and get five, and five smoke cups smoke. of coffee and scratch you know it's it's not yep. and, and we have no, no we have, have really no excuse um, no speaking no, of
1: no. It, dude it also it's practice man. Fucking all this shit gets better with practice. The, the more hours you put at it, the better you're going to be.
0: Yeah. Are you um, actively still training people at this point? I know you, know, you yeah. don't want to discuss that. That's fine. But yeah. is that still part no, of what no, you're doing? So uh,
1: I actually just started again. Uh, I, I felt like out of necessity. Uh, I restarted my training company like two months ago. Uh, and I am... For for some time there, what my life was so chaotic that I couldn't really focus on it. But uh, really, this year when when things started coming together and I started seeing what I thought was going to happen, uh, it's a necessity. So yes, I, I did. You can see that stuff over at uh, my website for that was called Clay Martin Defense. It actually starts with like a, right now at twenty, and it'll be continued up to about forty or fifty uh, list of shit that you need to like buy. Uh, like tactical gear, I, I focused on the yep. defensive side of stuff, uh, and a lot of everything has like a, a high option, a medium option, and a like I'm, I'm fucking broke, but I need some shit option. Uh, it's all linked <laughs> on there, and that's to get people like the, it's a, that's also something I didn't cover very in depth in the books. Uh, one because I kind of take it for granted that people understand equipment, and then number two, like, I didn't want to fill the goddamn book with a bunch of fluff bullshit. Like here's how to buy a chest rig. When you can get that from a, a forum too uh but it is something that i restarted there and then on the flip side of that yeah I'm, I'm actively training people again
0: this is another thing that you um i appreciated about i think both books but certainly fire for the reader you're advising you know most people know even if it was even if he got out and he only did one tour it was 15 years ago or two tours you're he's an infantryman who maybe you know maybe he's not he doesn't have the same super splash that a 20-year retired soft veteran has but this guy has some things um, some experiences in terms of leadership and yes maybe we maybe we can take five minutes to like Pay homage to the infantry. You know the much maligned and yeah. underappreciated. Oh, you know what I'm saying?
1: Yes. Yeah, absolutely, man. Uh, that was a. Uh, that was again to me. That was a huge piece of the book. It's uh, because it's getting people to, to think about what they actually have for an asset. Now we have this like idiotic fucking divide in this country, I and mean, it's because we we watch our wars on TV for the most part. Uh, where people think that if you weren't, you know, on fucking SEAL Team 11D shooting Bin Laden, well, you must be some, you know, fucking chucklehead. And that, that also, I, I see it plays out in the, uh, the training arena as well. Like, teach people how to shoot. People that don't know, that haven't been around, like, world class, like, they have no idea typically how bad they are, how big that gap is between them and this, this up here. Uh, They think it's more like this when realistically I don't have enough screen for this shit. So because of that, (laughs) I I feel like a lot of people have been dismissive of especially infantry veterans. Uh, And and maybe just, you know, veterans in general that weren't, you know, whiz-bang fucking Johnny Commando. But especially infantry veterans. Infantrymen are dangerous as fuck. All right. They know a lot of shit about killing people, not getting killed themselves, leadership, surviving. Uh, and that's with most of them having had a big-ass fucking chain put on their neck for the the time that they were in. Uh, you turn those little sons of bitches loose with no guidance, like, they are fucking horrifyingly lethal. Uh, they know a, a ton of shit. And, uh, man, I... Me... With my fucking badass resume, I would not want to fucking fight a fire team of paratroopers. Like, I, I would, that would be very low on my list of things that were acceptable outcomes. And uh, I, I wouldn't put my own survival laws real high there unless I could just absolutely dictate the, the field in which we fought. Uh, so I think that's also kind of caused a lot of these infantry veterans to like discount their own experience, to be like, oh, well, you know, I wasn't fucking, you know, super cool Steve and shit. Set. So you know what am I gonna do? A lot, motherfucker. Like, like, yeah. If you if you are lucky enough to have a grunt in your little you know crew, uh, survival group or whatever, you've got an absolutely fucking huge asset, and uh, people should lean on that more. And uh, people should be having that guy you know train them in infantry tactics. Uh, I don't remember if I say this in the book or not. But I've said it a lot out loud. Do you know the differences between special operations tactics and infantry tactics? No, not a goddamn thing. <laughs> 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 hey, if there is any difference at all, it's that the uh, the special operations ones are uh, are done by you know twelve E sevens instead of uh, an E six, a bunch of E fours, so they have a lot more practice at it. But dude, I mean, man, when I was on an ODA, like we went to the range and threw hand grenades, we went and did like fire maneuver lanes, like all that shit is the same. Uh, and that's the same thing that we largely taught to, uh, you know, outside of like some CQB and some specialized bullshit, that's the same thing that we teach to foreign armies. Uh, basically, the difference between an ODA and, and, and 12 guys from the 82nd is an ODA with some specialized training is 12 platoon sergeants. That's it.
0: I think that's a really important piece. And... uh there ha- yeah, I would agree with your earlier statement, as a guy observing this from the outside, um, whether it's Hollywood or, or whatever, there's a lot of guys that downplay that experience. I mean, yeah. some. Of, correct me if I'm wrong, wrong, but some of this shit is like three months of, of drilling. I've been personally to, you know, um, fire and maneuver classes, small unit tactics. Mm-hmm. That's three days. And... Um, a lot of these guys you'll hear that all the time. It's like oh, yeah, I, was yeah, I was just some I was just some fucking guy. guy. Well what was your job? Well, I was an infantryman. And Yeah. I mean oh, Jesus, fuck. like that's
1: yeah. Right. Like holy fuck. fuck. Like you know how to do like all this shit. Like all this shit. Yeah.
0: yeah. Like if if um <laughs> a, a big crate of fucking mortars falls out of the sky, I, I don't know what to do with that. Right. I, and I'm not that's going to touch that. But
1: right.
0: Okay. <laughs> I mean, I, somebody I, I does I'm and we need to find General that.
1: Right, yeah, the yeah. 41 knows how to handle that shit. Yeah, no, man, it's uh, it's, it's, it's a sin. It's a massive fucking sin on, uh, on our part. Uh, and like I said, you know, a big piece of that, if you're lucky enough to have that dude, is convincing him that he knows all this shit. Because he's kind of been shit on his whole life, too. That's how the infantry does people anyway. Uh, and then, like I said, you know, Hollywood's fucking assholes and, you know, whatever. Uh, nobody appreciates those guys for what they are. Uh, and they are they are fucking dangerous they're incredibly fucking dangerous so what do you think you know we're
0: at like an hour and a half which is brilliant and if you want to i thought maybe for this i'm going to release this episode for free um i don't i don't usually it's a half and half model but um that seems like the thing to do with this one Maybe at this point, well, how do you feel about rounding back to, like we've given a kind of a dip into dip. some of your books um, and some some pra- I mean, you've hit on some I think major takeaways yeah. here, but if we take it back to, what is the fucking date today? It's like June twenty fourth. It's two thirty, and and we found out today it's a it is a
1: Friday, and they always do this yep. shit on Friday, right? I know. So, <laughs> so we found out today that. I already checked the weather. It's um, not hot enough in D.C. to stop the protest either. God damn it.
0: Okay. So that's what, when we get done here, no. you know, I'll, I, I will probably be spending the rest of the afternoon yeah. banging this thing out to get it up, so it's, it's timely. Nice. Nice. What, you know, it, to, to the reach that I have, um, most of my audience is very capable, very intelligent, and, even you, in guys. We're not doing a lot of like rounding up the stragglers, but I mean, fuck. We all have our our soft soft places. Where should we leave this for anyone who's listening today? You know, they maybe they don't even they won't even well, Amazon won't deliver your book maybe until Monday, but it's fucking Friday. Right. Right.
1: Well, let's leave it at this. But I feel like we got a really good flow going too. Let's do this again. Uh, I don't know when you've got a, a, another gap in the podcast, but uh bring me back and we'll definitely do a part two as uh like I okay said, i feel like we've got a good flow and, and there's a there's a lot of other shit i think we could talk about so in, whenever yeah. you're available I, I will make myself available and we'll make that happen uh for guys going today uh yeah i mean I, I think i put it on twitter like buy buy a digital copy of concrete jungle start reading that shit fucking fast forward uh yeah, put, put it on 2x audio play uh that is the best i mean i wrote that for Uh, other than that man you've got to that working thing that's huge team team is so much more important than anything else it's more important than a pile of guns some shiny new bullshit you gotta have the fucking team Uh, secondary to that I mean I think you start working on your mindset like our 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 guys our people have got to just harden the fuck up uh, because this is not gonna be good it's not gonna be good at all and you know, most of how you get through that is mental toughness, which I will grant, uh, it sucks to build, but that's what we got to do. You got to work on the mental toughness, you got to work on the team and, uh, and then also, you know, work on the optimism piece of this, you know, know that it is the sun's still going to come up. Uh, I I have a high amount of faith in our ability to, uh, to win this in the grand scheme of things. Uh, It might take five years. It might take 10, but I do feel like we have a we have a very good chance we on top. Now I always caveat that with it's not assured that we can out on top. Not even close. Not even a little bit. Uh, if we continue to be little bitches and I refuse to accept what's happening, we will not